So I want to uh, thank Lucas for kicking off our dysfunctional message series. Now, now Lucas put this on Facebook, and, and I quote, When Doug told me I was the person to launch our new dysfunctional series tomorrow, I wasn't sure how to respond. Well, what can I say? If you've listened to any of Lucas's preaching, what other word can you use to describe so many of his stories? Just saying. And I do want to officially apologize on behalf of Fort City Church to Lucas's mother, Carol Welsh, for all the abuse she has taken from her son. But thank you, Lucas, for kicking off this series with a great message. I really appreciate you. I appreciate your dysfunction. I, yeah, I appreciate all of you with apologies to Carol. You know, the Apostle Paul says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But that could easily be translated for all are dysfunctional and fall short of the glory of God. There is not a one of us here this morning who doesn't suffer from a bit of dysfunction. Truth be told, Lucas is actually not alone. We're all there, and that's why we're doing this series called Dysfunction, and today we want to talk a little bit about toxic family. It was a little intimidating, by the way, all the reaction to the Facebook and Instagram posts for this message. So there's a lot of expectation out there. There are a lot of people experiencing some toxic dysfunction in their families. So today's message, at the very least, what it is, is a message of hope. There is hope that comes from being followers of Jesus, followers of Jesus who were filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know this is not just a self-help TED Talk type message. This is a Jesus message that because of Jesus living in us, there is hope. But it's making the decision to access that hope that's the challenge for so many of us. The Apostle Paul says, this is the secret. Christ lives in you. So we're going to explore that a little bit this morning. And as we look at that secret... Let me share these words of the Apostle John that really are the goal that we're after today. John writes, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who has loved has been born of God and knows God. So here's what you've got to understand about the Christian faith. This is what makes our faith so powerful. It's that Christ lives in you through the Holy Spirit and gives us a supernatural ability to love at a level that is beyond normal, that is beyond human. We're talking about a love that looks like Jesus. We really can live and love beyond ourselves in some pretty extreme ways because of Jesus. Friends, you've you got to understand this. You've you got to believe this. You've you, you got to experience this, and it can be experienced. It's been my experience and the experience of many in this church. This year, as I've been praying to God to lead us into 2020, I, I believe he's given me maybe a word, a theme for myself personally and for Fort City this year. It's the phrase, love first. Uh, those who were part of my irresistible small group study last fall will see the theme coming out of that study. And if you're looking for a book to read or listen to in 2020, Andy Stanley's Irresistible is awesome. About seven years ago, the theme was pray first. I, I remember how strongly I felt that, and, and it's been awesome to see how much more seriously uh, people here at Fort City are taking prayer, how many more of you allow our prayer team to pray for you at the end of the service, and our Monday night prayer group, they've become a very powerful part of what we do here. So as we've seen prayer take root over the years here, I'm praying that love will take more and more root. Look at these words of Jesus. A new command I give you. Love one another. 
As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, in the Old Testament, the command was to love your neighbor as yourself. But for us as Jesus followers, Jesus raises the bar and he says that we have to love others the same way that he loved us. And Jesus so loved us that he gave up his life for us. Yeah, that raises the bar a bit. Give up your life kind of raises the bar. But the good news is that Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, gives us the ability to love. That ability to love like Jesus. Jesus wants to help us love this way. So today, we're talking about toxic people in our families. And the key to dealing with toxic people is to love like Jesus. And the Apostle John tells us, for love comes from God. And hey, I really believe that most of us need that boost, that supernatural love to be able to navigate the mess of toxic people well. And can you and I maybe get honest with each other, level with each other? You might not be so concerned about the toxic people in your life if your goal wasn't to love, right? You just write them off, push them away, but the goal is love. So what we want to try to figure out today is how do I love in each and every circumstance of life, even in difficult circumstances with difficult people? Remember, the goal is love. So the idea here is that there are some people that to love them, we have to realize that they're toxic. And we've got to work through what that means, figure it out, and it's not simple. Okay, maybe at this point I should give you a, a definition of toxic people. It's it's not just about irritating people. I mean, there are some people in your family who irritate you sometimes, right? That's just the way it is. And hey, if you don't want ever to deal with irritating people, well, the only solution is, is to go live on some desert island where you're just the only person there because everyone irritates someone sometimes. You know what I mean? And by the way, you can be very irritating sometimes, you know? I'm not saying you're toxic, just sometimes really irritating. All of you. Me too. Okay, let me give you a definition of toxic. I grabbed this from a guy named Tom Holliday, a pastor from Saddleback Church in California, and I'm grabbing a few thoughts from him for this message. So toxic is when two people are stuck in a way of relating that is poisoning them both. It's, it's hurting them both. They just can't seem to move on. It's all hurt from each other. No help from each other. No hope from each other. One person is destructive to the other, destructive spiritually, destructive mentally, sometimes even physically. That's what it means to be toxic, and that's what we're talking about. But before I take a look at how to approach toxic people in your family, let me give you a, a few facts about toxic family members. And even before I do that, I, I should let you know I'm not going to be telling any toxic stories about people I know because it's just not a wise thing to do. It's not that I don't have a few good stories to tell that would bring life to this message and make it a whole lot easier to listen to. It's just that telling these stories wouldn't be appropriate. It would just make things messier. It would be like toxic. So today might feel like a bit of an information dump. But if you can grab hold of some of this uh, stuff and seek the power of Jesus as you work through this stuff, all this information, all this truth can be really helpful for you. At least that's my prayer. So a few facts about toxic family members to start with. Number one, fact number one, we all have toxic family members. You're not alone in this. 
I mean, we all struggle with this. In fact, look at the Bible. Let's just stick to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. What do you see? Well, the first brother killed the first brother. That's fairly toxic, wouldn't you admit? Abraham. He had a child by his wife's mate, and later he puts them out into the desert to die. That's a toxic family relationship. Worse than any movie on the Women's Network. Okay, maybe that's not a good comparison because they're all happy, right? Um, So maybe soap operas or something like that. Still, in the book of Genesis, Joseph's 11 brothers want to kill him. But then they figure out it, it is actually financially more lucrative to just sell him into slavery, so they do that. I'd call that a toxic relationship. Lot's two daughters decide to get their father drunk so that they can have children by their father. Extremely toxic. You have Jacob trying to trick his blind father out of an inheritance. And all this just in the first book of the Bible. We haven't got past the first book yet. And some of you are thinking, hey, my family looks pretty good compared to some of those families in the Bible, right? Maybe that's the point. Some of you, you you could go home right now with some hope because you realize you're not alone. Other people are facing this. The truth is, you you see in the first uh, pages of the Bible all the things that make families toxic. I mean, jealousy, entitlement, lying, favoritism, uh, unfair expectations, fear, power struggle, materialism, sexual sin, anger, apathy, selfishness. It's all there. And some of you, you've experienced that, right? And that's what we mean when we talk about toxic. And the truth is, we all have toxic family members. And toxic family has been around since the beginning, ever since Adam and Eve. Two. Fact number two. All toxic relationships are not equal. I mean, would you agree that some people are more toxic than others, even though they're both toxic? Some poisonous situations last longer than others? Yes. Some toxic relationships are more toxic than the others. It's kind of a no-brainer. Fact number three, when it's toxic, you must act. If you have something in your home, you know, in your house, and you realize it's poisonous or toxic, maybe you discover your older home has asbestos insulation, or, or maybe you find out that there's radioactive waste in your house. Some of you, do you you remember during the wildfire, there was some fear that the wildfire would expose a dump of radioactive material south of Beacon Hill? Apparently, that turned out not to be an issue we should be concerned about. And I think I've opened up a can of worms for some of you because you probably didn't know that there was a little radioactive dump south of the city. Sorry to let you know. It's safe. That's what they tell us. And you can Google that to check it out. But if you knew right now that your house was on top of something radioactive, what would you do? You'd get out of the house as quickly as possible. You wouldn't Google it for three weeks to see how dangerous it really is. No, you would have someone come over as quickly as possible and get it out of your house. You would do something about it. When it's toxic, you have to act on it. Same deal, really, when it comes to toxic relationships. Now, as followers of Jesus, those of us who have Jesus living in us, there are some things that we can do that have the potential. I'm not calling this a guarantee. No guarantees here, but the potential to take the toxic out of that relationship in your life. Hey, this might even bring a relationship back together. No guarantees, but there's potential here. There's hope here. And even if it doesn't, even if the other person remains toxic, that relationship can change so that it will no longer be toxic to you. And friends, this is huge. 
That toxic relationship does not have to be toxic to you. Hear me. There is hope. At least there is hope for you. No relationship has to stay toxic for you. That's a choice you get to make. So with all of this as a background, where I want to go with this message is to take the idea of pray first that I talked about at the start of the message and use pray first to help us love first. And I want us to see that we can love first by praying and looking to God to help us better handle the toxic people in our families and in our lives. We're going to ask God to help us to love well when we're dealing with the toxic people in our lives. And I get that what we're dealing with is like complex, right? However, what we need to do isn't always that complex, but actually doing it is tough. I mean, I know most of you have heard what you should do with toxic people. Popular psychology has told us what we should do, and it's absolutely correct. All truth is God's truth. So most of you know that if there's someone toxic in your life, you know, you stop and you assess the situation, and maybe you need to distance yourself from the toxic person. I mean, sometimes the most loving thing you can do is to back away a bit, and you refuse to play the toxic games. That's good popular psychology. The problem is... Sometimes it takes a long time to get there because it's complicated and and we need strength to do it, like a heck of a lot of strength. Make sense? I mean, anyone, any preacher, any teacher like me can tell you what to do. But only God can give you the strength to do it. So you ask for His strength. To love a toxic person first, you've got to pray. You've got to pray for God's strength. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to talk about prayer. I'm going to call us to pray. I'm going to suggest a few prayers that we can pray. This might seem totally simplistic, but doing it and trusting God in the middle of the mess, that's what's tough. But still, let me suggest some simple prayers that would be appropriate for all of us as we seek to be empowered by God to love toxic people well. Number one, prayer number one, Father God, strengthen me to accept my limitations. This is a big one. Think about it. You wouldn't be concerned about toxic people if you were Superman or Superwoman, but you're not. You're not indestructible. Hear me. You are just a human being. We all are. Those of us who are believers in Jesus, this is an especially difficult thing for some of us. A lot of us think, I'm Christian. I can handle anything. Well... Not always and not on your own because on your own you're limited and no matter what, you are, well, human. Hey, I love this picture that describes our limitations. It, it comes from the Apostle Paul. He says, we, you and me, are like clay jars in which this treasure is stored. The real power comes from God and not from us. That's an incredible verse. Paul just says that you and me, we're fragile like a clay jar. You and me, we break easy. And you know there is huge freedom in just accepting who you are. I'm a clay jar. And then realizing that God puts great treasure inside of clay jars, your gifts, your talents, his spirit. He puts great treasure in you. But still, you're a bit fragile, a bit human. Miss this, and you just might break. What do I mean? Well, let me suggest a couple of things. Number one, it just means I'm not God, right? I'm a clay jar. I'm not God. I have limitations. It means that I have to understand that other people, not me, other people, including that toxic person, they have to accept the responsibility for the choices they make. You following me? They, they have to accept the consequences of their choices. 
You have to understand that you can't control that person. You can't heal that person. You can't. You're not God, and even God lets people roll with the consequences of their decisions. Accepting the limitation that I am not God is one of the keys to getting the toxic out of your life in those relationships. I cannot do what ultimately only God can do. Number two, another limitation. I cannot force someone else to change their mind. And here's the crazy thing about this one. We think we can do this even though God has told us he won't do this. Do you understand this about God? God doesn't relate to us in a way where he forces us to change our minds. He won't do that. God won't force you to do anything. But somehow we think we can. You know, if I'm nice enough, if I'm smart enough, if I'm sneaky enough or just whatever enough, I'll force this person to think the way I want them to think. And friends, you cannot do that. I mean, you might pull it off a time or two, but you'll always get kicked back on that. You just really can't keep doing that. You can't force someone else to change their minds. To try to do that just makes the relationship toxic. When someone else tries to do it to you, it makes the relationship toxic. Number three, another limitation. I have weaknesses. We all have strengths and weaknesses. Some of those weaknesses mean that there are certain ways of relating to people that I've got to watch out for because those ways of relating are toxic to me. It might be an area that I'm weak in, and if I get involved in that, it's going to send me down uh, that bad road. If I get involved in that, it's going to send me towards temptation. If you're addicted, you don't tend to hang out in places that feed your addiction with people who share your addiction, at least while you're still struggling with your addiction. That's toxic and destructive to you. You have to shore up your weakness first, and, and you have to get strong enough first. We, we teach this to our youth all the time, right? Don't hang around with those kinds of people because that's going to head you in that direction. So for those of you here this morning, just because you're maybe 20 years older than our youth doesn't mean you don't feel a lot of weakness. We all have weaknesses. Now I said this is about prayer. So let me give you an example about how you can pray at this point. In fact, maybe even as I give you these words, you might just quietly on your own pray this, right? You can pray during my preaching. That's fine. That'd be awesome. This is something you might consider praying right now. Father, just, just say to God, Father, strengthen me to accept my limitations. Strengthen me to accept myself for who I really am, the situation for what it really is. And I look to you for your strength. And then you might just take a moment and listen, listen for God to speak his hope, his truth to you. It's powerful when you pause and let God speak to you in the midst of a prayer like this. And then you pray, Father, thank you that you accept us for who you are. You accept us in our limitations, clay pots, crack pots. You accept us. We're grateful for your love. In your name, amen. So you, you might even pray a prayer like that right now. Because that's where you start. You ask God for the strength to accept who you are in your limitations. You are not that person's savior. And you look to God to work within and through your limitations. God, who can be that person's savior. Okay, a second prayer is this. Father God, enable me to forgive my toxic family. Because really, 
Toxic people create so much hurt. And the hurt can go so, so deep. And I can hear some of you right now, you're saying, forgive my family, you don't know what they did to me, Doug. I can never accept what they did to me. Let's get something straight here, okay? You listening? This is important. Forgiveness does not mean accepting what they did to you. Forgiveness does not mean saying what they did to you is okay. Friends, what they did to you was wrong. It may have even been evil. Forgiveness is not saying that it's not wrong or evil. What does it mean to forgive? Forgive means you release it. It means you let it go to God. You say to God, instead of me holding on to this and trying to get revenge on my own, I'm going to trust this into your hands. And God, your hands are a lot bigger than mine. Because if you try to hold on to it yourself, it will inevitably end up in bitterness and it'll hurt you worse than the other person. They may have just forgotten about it altogether and you're still in bitterness over it. So you release it. You let it go to God. You say, here it is. I let it go. I forgive them. I let go of my desires for revenge. Now, there may be some legal punishment that's due this person. And by the way, that's not where your joy is going to be found. And and it's not where the release is going to be found. Rather, I'm going to release it to you, Father God. I forgive them. You know, forgiveness is a core Christian value. It's a core practice of the Christian faith. To follow Jesus is to be quick to forgive. The power to be able to forgive quickly comes from Jesus. The, The Apostle Paul says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And you remember the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Friends, to follow Jesus means forgiveness is immediately is immediate and and it's total we forgive others like god has forgiven us and and we ask god for the power to forgive like that it sounds crazy i know but when someone has wronged you you need to forgive them you need to forgive them to god immediately right off the bat you you let it go to god and this is the key to getting the toxic out of your experience of a toxic relationship you forgive the toxic person Now, sometimes some Christians do something a little crazy here. They think they've got to run to the person and tell them they forgave them, that they've got to write a letter or send an email saying they forgive them. I've seen this happen. And the other person says, what? What are you talking about? I didn't wrong you. In fact, you wronged me. And and the hurt gets all churned up again. Ever seen people do that? I, I put this on the list of crazy things some church people do. So rather... With the other person, you actually need to wait until they come to you. The Apostle Luke, it's chapter 17. uh, He records Jesus saying that you wait until the other person repents. You release them to God right away. You forgive, you let go, but you wait until they come to you so that they can't hurt you over and over again with that. Okay, before I move on, is there someone you need to forgive? Think about it. Is there someone who asked you for forgiveness and you've withheld it? Here's what you need to be praying, and and, and you could quietly pray this even now as I give this prayer. You, You could pray this right now. Father God, please enable me to forgive. And thank you, Jesus, that you have forgiven us and that in your strength, I can find the strength to forgive others. Amen. Friends, as we work with toxic people and complicated relationships, 
part of the key is we got to pray it through. We got to pray through the mess, right? Okay. One last prayer that I would suggest. Number three, Father God, free me to accept your love. The truth is to deal with toxic people in your life and even more so in your family, you need to know that there is one relationship in your life that you can count on no matter what. The only one you can count on no matter what, the only one who will never fail you or forsake you is God himself. He has perfect love for you. So you pray, God, would you free me to accept your love? And then you build your love for everyone else, including the toxic people in your life, on the foundation of God's love. You know, if you're human and you're trying to find in a human relationship uh, that perfect love, you know, a husband, uh, a wife, uh, a partner, uh, a parent, a child, you're trying to find uh, that perfect relationship there, the problem is everyone's imperfect. And if you're putting the weight of perfection on any human relationship, that's toxic behavior. You're going to create, uh, even in the best of relationships, you're going to create expectations that just can't be met. So where do you start? You start with the love of God. You accept His love in your life. Out of that, every other love grows. Uh, Let's go back to the Apostle John to see this. He writes, and so we know. And we rely, we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love dries out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Okay, let me give you the picture that Jesus gave of God's love. I mean, if you get nothing else this morning, before you leave, my hope is that this picture somehow will get clear in your mind. It's the picture that Jesus gave us of the Father's love. Jesus said, here's how God loves you. It's like a son who betrays his father and takes his family fortune and goes off and spends it on himself, this fortune just on himself. But then he wakes up one day and he comes back. The prodigal son comes back. And when he comes back, what does the father do? Does the father kind of stand back at the ranch a little askance, waiting for his son to show up, watching him take every painful step along the way? And as the kid comes, does the father hold his son out at arm's length, not giving him a hug, not accepting him? Does the father say, well, I'm glad you're back, son, but now you're going to have to prove yourself. You can live in the ranch house for a while before you get back into my home. Is that what the father does? No. Here's what the father does. He runs out of the house. He runs down the road with his arms wide open. And he says, son, I'm so glad you're home. And he welcomes him back home. That's how our God loves you. Any other picture that you have of God's love is some human picture, maybe some painful picture. But don't let what someone did to you keep you from seeing how deeply God loves you, causing you to miss out on the greatest love in your life. And so you pray. God, God, give me the freedom to accept your love for me. Because you cannot love another person well. You cannot love the toxic member in your family properly if you have not embraced the love of God for yourself and are full of the Holy Spirit who fills you with love. Again, any good self-help talk on toxic family members will give you really good sound advice. You know, you stop and assess. You distance yourself maybe from the toxic person and you refuse to play those toxic games, 
But the way you do that is radically transformed by the love of Jesus that fills and empowers you. And so when you're in a toxic relationship, you do stop. You do stop and you ask. You ask, hey, what does love require of me? Because love will require that you accept your limitations. There are things that you cannot do in this situation. Love requires that you forgive that toxic person. And love requires that you pray and point that person in the direction of healing into the hands of Jesus to the extent that you are not being damaged yourself as you do that. Love requires that if there's something you can do to assist that person become whole, you do it within your limitations. You love first and you pray. You pray that God would empower your love. I've been asking myself, you know, what comes first, love or prayer? What comes first, chicken or the egg? Well, if you seek to love first, I think that will cause you to pray because the love you need can only come from God. So whether it's with uh, toxic people or anyone really, let's just be a people who in 2020 who love first. And by loving first, we've become passionate about praying. Make sense? And yeah, this message wasn't as straightforward as some of you had hoped for. There was, I have no formulas here for you. It's still complicated and messy. But in the mess, you love first. You pray. And as you pray, you ask, what does love require of me? And you allow God to love through you even within your limitations. Okay. Would you bow with me for prayer? And again, uh, just take the prayer that I'm praying and maybe repray it in your own way, in your own words. Just make this your own personal prayer to Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, Will you help me to accept your love? Just, just say that to him. Free me to accept your love. God, I, I pray that I'd be convinced right now, today is never before, that I would be convinced of your love for me. Lord Jesus, I, I enter into this journey of navigating toxic relationships in my life, recognizing how deeply you love me. And I pray that you would fill me with your love. And as you fill me, enable me to forgive my family. Strengthen me to accept my limitations. Help me to ask, what does love require of me? And help me to allow you to lead and empower me in all of that. Now some of you, you need to say to God for the very first time. You, you need to pray this with me. You've never done this, so just take a step and pray with me if you've never done anything like this before. Just say, Jesus... I'm accepting your love. I've held you at arm's length. I see today how much you love me. So Jesus, I accept your forgiveness. I accept your life. I accept your leadership in my life. I want to begin a relationship with you. Not just knowing about you, but talking to you daily, following you in my life. Some of you, you need to accept God's love at the point of pain, at the point of that toxic relationship, and you need to pray to God, 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 help me to realize that even if that person continues to fail me, you never will. I will let love be my foundation. Father, we just thank you that you so love us, that you've shown us that you love us, that you welcome us, that you welcome us back with open arms. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.